It all could have been different, Mr. Walker. You should have allowed nature to take its course. In the end, it will anyway. So let me in the fucking house! Could have all been different, Mr. Walker. You should have allowed nature to take its course. In the end, it will anyway. Actually, the way I should have said that was, could have been all different, Mr. Walker. Should have allowed nature to take its course. In the end, it will anyway. Because that's how everyone talks in this movie that we covered today. And of course, you have found your way onto the roller coaster that is the Pool Scene Podcast. Here's to hoping your ears and mine experience a similar sensation to what Reese Witherspoon feels on a roller coaster in the movie we covered. I'm Kevin. I have rode several roller coasters with my co-host, but never with any funny business. That, of course, is Jim. I've never been on a roller coaster and been finger-banged on the Big Dipper. Maybe on the Gemini. Definitely not the Magnum. How you doing, Mr. Walker? <laughs> <laughs> Enough pointing the finger and teasing. Thanks to anyone who ventured a guess on social media this week as to what we were covering. We do have a winner. Oh, we do. We had a winner. Got sent through our DM. Congratulations to Carrie Johnson guessing the movie this week. So congratulations, Carrie. Your prize will be sent in the mail. We watched 1996's Fear, starring Mark Wahlberg and Reese Witherspoon, directed by James Foley. James Foley, of course, directed the film adaptation of Glengarry Glen Ross and Two Fifty Shades of Grey sequels. And the distant brother of wrestler mick foley so there you go for real nope oh okay i was like <laughs> weird really weird the tagline is together forever or else this is pretty much fatal attraction for teens Ugh. before we talk about it any further jim how about you tell us about the budget the box office and even though we've covered a 1996 movie Tell us how we were living specifically at the time of this april 12 1996 release Okay, so the movie Fear had a budget of $6.5 million, and it made $20 million in the box office, me contributing about $6.50 at the time to see this movie in 96. In April of 1996, the team that I grew up watching until he retired, the Chicago Bulls win their NBA record 72nd game, finish the season 72-10. and 10. In my opinion, screw the Warriors, still the record. The Howard Stern Show, my role model, premiered in five different radio markets. And Kevin, once again, your sports stuck out. We've talked about the Grey Cup. We talked about, oh crap, what Arena was it? Arena Bowl. Sri Lankan cricket batsman Sanath Jayasuriya hits century in 48 balls. That's 134 off 65. In a 34-run win over Pakistan in Singapore, a world ODI record. I'm not going to pretend to know what any of that was. Uh, but what Kevin will not let you know is he's wearing a Sanath cricket jersey right now, or they call them kits, I believe. The number one movie in America at this time in April of 96 was another movie with the word fear in it, but Richard Gere's Primal Fear, which is an excellent movie. It was Ed Norton's breakout role. Tremendous movie. The number one song in America was Celine Dion's Because You Love Me. Wow. And how apropos for this movie, for that song to be number one. Yeah, there's some there's some love going on. Oh, beyond that. I think of Fear as Marky Mark Wahlberg's first acting role, 
Just less than 10 years after literally committing a couple of hate crimes. I learned this today. I was today years old when this happened. But it was actually his third movie. And they probably cast him as this psycho because of the hate crimes. All that. And just two movies later, he was doing Boogie Nights. He was Dirk Diggler two movies later. So refer to Apple Podcasts and Spotify to hear my Dirk Diggler story in season one. I actually don't know what episode that was in. I can't remember either. So, but yeah, I, uh, you had made an observation about, oh, the name of his friend in committing the hate crime. So in this movie, Marky Mark's character is David McCall. So in 1992, just four years before this movie released, Marky Mark, kind of a fucking racist. All right. Little, did a couple hate crimes. His name was David McCall in this movie, but in August, 1992, this is real life. And this is quoted straight from Wikipedia. Wahlberg fractured the jaw of his neighbor, Robert Crehan, in an attack. Court documents state that in 1992, Wahlberg, without provocation or cause, viciously and repeatedly kicked Crehan in the face while another man named Derek McCall held the victim down on the ground. Now, I brought this up as Kevin and I were rewatching the movie. His name is David McCall in the movie. The guy who helped him beat the shit out of this guy is Derek McCall. So it makes you wonder how much of this movie was really tied in to what was going on in his head in real life. Yeah, this is, it's like a weird, either a weird coincidence or he was doing this as a nod to his partner in crime. And we should say allegedly on all these stories, you can go read about his hate crimes, but Mark Wahlberg did time for this. There wasn't one isolated incident there were three there were three and they were drug induced according to this pcp yeah and he did time he went to prison so i mean he was sentenced to two years but he only served 45 days something like that because uh he made them feel the vibration you know i did that good vibration song (laughs) with that said uh let me tell you about the plot for fear nicole walker is 16 she lives outside of seattle with her dad her new stepmom and her new stepbrother toby nicole was out with her friends where most 16 year olds hang out at a fucking bar and this is where she sees david for the first time later they hit it off immediately at a nightclub and things escalate quickly in their relationship david begins to disregard nicole's father steven's rules Nicole loses her virginity to David, and that's about where he completely snaps. He sees Nicole hugging a guy named Gary that is one of her best friends. David beats Gary up and also gives Nicole a black eye, the result of a backhand when she tries to break up the fight. Rightfully, she dumps him for this, but later takes him back. He convinces her that she should feel sorry for him because he was assaulted by her father which actually never happened because he did threaten David. Stephen, the father, did threaten David, but actually he pounds himself in the chest. The pre-Wolf of Wall Street Yes, move. he pounds himself in the chest until it's bruised, and then he tells Nicole that it was her dad. So, Jim, you know a minute ago when I said he snapped, I was premature because next he takes that snapped to a whole nother level. Like I told you, this movie, I, I personally haven't seen in a long time. It's been a while. I, after watching this movie again, I need like a cleanse because I forgot how intense this movie was. But like as we're rewatching it, 
the movie seems to be going on, you know, plateauing like a slight upturn. And all of a sudden you turn it to 11 and he goes fucking nuts. Yeah. So right at this time, David invites Nicole to a party. She's hesitant about going to this party with him, but decides later on she will drive herself and she shows up at the party. At the party, she sees her best friend, Margot, smoking crack. God damn it. Smoking crack and having some sex with David. The next day, Nicole confronts David and Margot separately, I should mention. Margot says that David raped her and then Nicole's her only friend and she needs her. You're not a friend of mine. Nicole, I was high. Okay? He forced me. He made me do it. Nicole, please don't do this. Please don't do this. I need you. You're my only friend. David then drives Nicole or drives Margot off the road and threatens her, gives her a little kiss. The fuck out of the car! You lying fucking whore! <laughs> what did you say to her? What the fuck did you say to her? Nothing, I swear, David, I didn't tell her. I don't know how she knows. But she knows. Let me tell you something. You better fix it. You better make it right. Because if you don't, I'm gonna hurt you. Cry. And tells her that she needs to lie to Nicole to convince her to take David back. In a threatening, quiet tone. Yes. Everything's in a threatening, quiet tone. It's very deliberate. Hey. Everything's very quiet. You better set it right or I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> David then sees Nicole with Gary, who he had beaten up earlier. And this time, David follows Gary and he kills him. So Not, not as quick, well, very quick, but not in a Van Damme way. No, but... He kills him in a similar oh, manner yeah, in the woods. And then he is stalking Nicole and her stepmom and stepbrother at the mall. And he corners Nicole in a women's restroom. And nobody heard her scream. No one hears her scream. God, come on. And he makes everything very uncomfortable. And David continues his streak of felonies with vandalism of Steven's car. Steven has a cherry. It's like a 65 Mustang convertible. Yeah, like a cherry Mustang. So. Stephen, who has had enough, commits a felony of his own by breaking into the house where David lives, along with his... Which is a, a very nice house, sans graffiti. Kind of like the animal house house. It looked... That's what I said to me. It looks like the Delta house. And uh, so he vandalizes the house. He rips all the posters off the wall. He destroys everything. He breaks their TV. That Mitsubishi 65-inch, man. Now, since Stephen and David are tied at one felony apiece, David wants to get the... Uh, well, actually, David's probably committed multiple felonies but since i guess they're tied at one apiece in the vandalism battle david wants to get the upper hand with the help of his four friends by planning to break into nicole's house and kill her family she's off limits but kill the rest so david's four friends are named logan hacker nobby and terry which i don't believe <laughs> they ever say in this movie one of which who we found out because he looked familiar to us He's the one alien on Galaxy Quest. Yeah, he's in all kinds of Teb. stuff. Teb. Yeah, but he doesn't go on on this, I don't think. I, I don't think I don't think so either. I don't so, remember seeing him. Anyhow. No, he was. He hit him in the hand with the, the crowbar when he broke the window at the uh, very beginning. Okay, okay, you're right. Yeah, I don't think they ever say their names in the movie, but that's what they are. Logan, Hacker, Nobby, and Terry. Now, before they arrive, Margot shows up to tell the walkers that Gary is dead. She says he's been beaten to death, which isn't. 100% accurate. David and his gang arrive, and they cut the dog's head off, which... And they put it through the doggy door, man. Come on. That's like a Ugh. bit 
much. And like, you totally they, forgot about that scene, too, and it caught you off guard. Yeah, it takes it a bit far. So they're having difficulty getting into the home because the walkers are inside and holding down the fort. Nicole's stepmom injures Hacker with a drill by drilling through his hand. At that point, he yells for somebody to take him to the hospital. So Nobby and Hacker leave and go to the hospital, leaving only David, Logan, and Terry. Nicole's family is rich enough to have a private security guard who Nicole signals with a flashlight. Which makes no sense why they have a private security no, guard. He's... Yeah, he's a... Uh, I mean, it's not like they're known. He's just an architect. He's an architect, but he apparently designed, I don't know, the White House or hey, something. Hey, Mr. Walker, did you make the Space Needle? Yeah. The security guard comes to check it out, see what's going on, but is quickly killed by Terry. David, Logan, and Terry then manage to take Stephen hostage because he comes outside like an idiot, which forces Laura, the stepmom, to surrender and let them in. During this, Nicole's stepbrother, Toby, sneaks into the garage to his mom's car phone and calls the police fucking hero man a nine-year-old kid he's it's just he snaps also but like in a good way he who snaps. margo said she'd ravage as soon as he gets older yeah. so hell that's awesome also very uncomfortable hey there handsome when are you gonna grow up so i could ravage you terry catches toby in the car but somehow toby knows how to fire up the suv and he backs over terry and kills him no remorse Logan goes rogue and tries to rape Nicole, so David shoots him in the head for trying to rape Nicole, so this, he shoots his friend. This whole, omen, this whole entire home invasion finale is ridiculously over the top. Yes. Toby then comes back in the house. He releases his mom by finding the handcuff keys on the dead security guard, so he's a pretty smart kid for being nine. She then frees Steven because David has this whole speech that he gives Nicole. No! What? You want to go with me, don't you? Yes. Well, all right then. Come over here and give your father a kiss goodbye. It's not easy to give away your daughter. David! Don't! And while he's doing that, Stephen gets free. Stephen tries to attack David. And during the melee, Nicole stabs David in the back with a peace pipe that he'd given her as a gift. And then one of my favorite scenes, <laughs> if not my favorite scene in the movie, Stephen throws David 120 yards horizontally yep. out the window. So bouncing on the rocks below. And then the police and paramedics arrive and roll credits. And that's the credits. So with that said, uh, that was a lot. Let's get into characters. We have Reese Witherspoon as Nicole Walker, Mark Wahlberg as David McCall, and then you've got William Peterson plays the father, Stephen Walker, Amy Brenneman as Laura Walker, Alyssa Milano plays Margot, her friend, and then I don't think it's really worth mentioning the other friends other than the guy that you had mentioned from yeah, Galaxy Quest. Teb. Teb. And What's his name in this? Nobby or something? What the I hell is it? I have no idea. Yeah. Jed, Jed Reese as Nobby. Yeah. That's really not a lot worth mentioning. The dog, which since it got beheaded, I will mention is played by Banner playing the role of Kaiser. So which actor or actress gives a passable performance and does any non-lead character steal scenes? Fucking Toby, the nine-year-old kid, man. That kid should be an action movie star. You think as a nine-year-old kid, your whole family has just been taken hostage by guys that are trying to kill them. He doesn't shed one tear. He kills a guy himself by backing up a car over him, finds the dead body of the security guard, doesn't phase him, calls 911, and then starts well, freeing people. No, you mean he calls 
911. So things are different in Seattle. But how can you? This kid, if it wasn't for him, they'd be fucked. Yeah, they give the, him some major redemption. I mean, I don't think the actor's particularly great or anything, but they give this kid like, hey, we're really, this kid's not going to really have many lines at all. And then at the end of the movie, they're going to be like, here's literally, we're going to give you everything. You, and weirdly enough, Alyssa Milano would bang him when he gets a little older. So weird. that's great. Weird. While they're playing Street Fighter. I would say the best performance in this movie is Mr. Hate Crime himself, Mark Wahlberg. Oh, God. He's... A little too good. Which makes me think of his past. He channeled who he was. Yeah. This is only, I mean, four years four, removed from that four last fucking one. years later. So he definitely, he sells it. I mean, he's very. Now, if any of you haven't seen this movie or you, you know, you're listening and using this as a companion piece, you got to turn the volume up. Oh, yeah. Because we could not hear one damn word that Mark no. was saying. Hey, so what's your name? Your name's Nicole. That's great. I don't know if that's a director choice or a, or his choice or just the mix of the movie, but he definitely God, it's, he from the first scene. I mean, when he's actually being vulnerable and opening up to Nicole. How about you? Your parents? <laughs> I mean, that you see and stuff. Um, well, they're back east, but I talk to them all the time. Are they still together? They're weird, though. I mean, they're totally cool, totally together. It's just that they've never had a disagreement about anything more serious than whether it's going to be mashed the stovetop tea or coffee. <laughs> kind of great. He's super quiet. He's amazingly maniacal. So we may know more about him, except... He might have said it. We could fucking hear it. hear it. He probably talked about it when they were at the rave, the because, high school rave. Uh, maybe we get into that in logic, but there's really no explanation as for why David is such a psychopath. All we get is he bounced from foster home to foster home, and that virtually was it. He has no other record. There's no proof, no nothing of him, and it's like, what the hell happened to him? Yeah, there's there's really no motivation for... I mean, I guess he's just a, a stalker dude. Fucking psycho, man. Okay, let's move on. Let's go to our best scenes. Let's find out which ones in particular made a splash. Jim, did you want to take it, or did you want me to take it off <laughs> the board? Because you know that first. we have the same number one scene. I'll go first. Speaking of uh, making a splash, the roller coaster finger bang scene. Yep. Apparently, they also did it on the Big Dipper at Geauga Lake because if anybody's familiar with the old Big Dipper roller coaster that used to be at Geauga Lake, that thing would put you in fear of your life with that lap bar. And they just don't even seem phased by G forces or gravity. Instead of G-forces, it was G-spots. Most of, I don't know what word to use, but most of the action takes place before they're even over the final first hill. It was quick. But what was that song that was playing in the background too? Wild something? No, it's a Wild Horses cover. Yeah, it's a Rolling it's like, Stones cover. So it's like, and geez. which they play a, another time in the movie. But yeah, they get on this roller coaster. She actually initiates this. She started it like he he didn't force the issue. No. And she puts his hand between her legs and discovered her. Yeah. Yeah. And so odd. Like, do you want to be the guy who has to sit down in that seat afterwards? <laughs> They're well, touching the lap bar, man. Yeah, it's it's definitely memorable. I would say that this you say fear. This is what I think of or the looking through the people. Yes, shot. And, that, and that's since you took the roller coaster scene. That's my first scene is basically the home invasion scene in its entirety. But yes, 
That's in the trailer. You see Marky Mark through like the people and he does exactly what I opened the podcast with. He says this, it could have all been different. You should have allowed nature to take its course. And then he says, so let me in the fucking house, which when there, when I saw the trailer to this, <laughs> I thought he screams, Silencia. <laughs> I thought it was because it's just like everything else. Marky Mark says in this, you don't understand it. So it's like when he talks quiet, you don't understand him. And then when he actually speaks up, I don't understand him. So let me in the fucking house. And in later movies, Wahlberg does not have a Boston accent anymore. So this, he still has a good thick Boston accent, yeah. which they don't explain why he has such an accent. Silencia. <laughs> so uh, this, the home invasion scene also includes, as you mentioned, they show up after Margot and they're kind of locking down the house, calling the cop. I don't know who actually does it. And thankfully they don't show it on camera, but it catches you off guard because they're basically whistling for the dog to come see them. And then they just drop a German shepherd's severed head through a doggy door. That's why I said, I'm glad they didn't do after they called the dog. You didn't hear like, <laughs> like, yeah. a, like a death yes. whimper. I was yeah. like, thank God. But no, no they're just, boomf. yeah, just a, a severed dog head. And they don't even like react. But we, no. yeah, that's the thing we talked about. The fact that no, I, I guess good in a survival way because they knew, okay, shit's on. Like we've got a, we've got a home alone in this house so that we can survive. But yeah, they're, they just saw their family pet. They just saw his head come through the doggy door. It's nuts. I also find it amazing that Teb from Galaxy Quest, Nobby, is just constantly throwing a rock at that fucking window and it doesn't break. Yeah. Was it plexiglass or something? Well, he probably designed the house. But what was, Gr I, I'm, I'm going to slip and call him Grissom because it's Gil Grissom from CSI, Mr. Walker. His reaction, just put the blind down. Yeah. Just, it's fine. Just put the blind yeah. down. He's gone. You know? Yeah. I, they don't mention it, but I think he probably designed this house himself. It's got some some weird. He's an adult Kevin parts. McAllister. So I'll just I'll move on and say my next best scene is when David kills Gary. Hey Gary. David. Gary, did you know I grew up in a lot of different places? Uh, no, actually Nicole told me that you. Oh yeah, Bridgewater, Spofford, Rikers, you name it. You know what they all have in common, Gary? No, weak walls. Actually, that's why they move me around so much. I pound on the wall and break, then move me to the next one, and the next one till finally got sick of building walls and just showed me the door. Pretty useful upbringing it turned out, though, Gary. I mean, there's always walls. Usually moist, fleshy kind. They try to get in the way of me and it. Whatever it may be. Silly, silly people, though. They're willing to be knocked down! Gary! David had beaten up Gary earlier in the movie for hugging Nicole. He's very jealous of him, very territorial over Nicole. He follows Gary. And Gary decides, I guess he walks home from school through the woods. I don't know. But Gary kind of realizes that this dude's a psycho. So he just ditches his backpack and he takes off like Usain Bolt. Except there's a man faster than Usain Bolt because David sprints right behind Gary, Dude, catches up with him. I said, didn't know Marky Mark had that kind of speed. Yeah, so Marky Mark catches up with him, grabs him tosses him off this little like cliff in the woods or this little I don't know what you call it but it just about 10 feet drop but Gary when he throws him he does this like half gainer yeah he does like this full aerial move and then immediately <laughs> David snaps his neck like oh. all in like one motion like throw him into an aerial grab him and just 
do the next snap. Van Dam could have learned a lot from that next snap. Yeah, it was it's crazy. So that that was my next one. My next one, I have it queued up here. It is the scene where Mr. Waka shows up to see David as David is waiting for Nicole to come out of school and they go on a side street. Mr. Walker wants to have a little talk. I'm going to cue it up right here. Listen to this. David, I don't want to beat around the bush. I came to tell you that you're going to stop seeing Nicole. Now, either you're as smart as you think you are and you'll just go away, or else you're going to make things a lot harder on yourself than they have to be. You know, Steve, you're really not a faggot. What? <laughs> I'm serious. Seem like a pretty solid guy. You should lighten up on yourself. We're not talking about me. We're talking. Yes, we are. So that's what this whole thing's about, Steve. Your inadequacies, your fears. You just wait a minute. Now listen to me. See, I'm hip to your problems. All of them. I know you abandoned Nicole when she needed you most. Because I licked her sweet tears. I know about things coming apart at work. Maybe you fucking lost it in that department. I also know you ain't keeping up, so to speak, your end of the bargain with the missus. Because if you were, she wouldn't be all over my stick. But relax, Steve. We're friends. We're practically family. I want you to understand something, pal. If you don't disappear from my family's life, I'm gonna rip your balls off and shove them so far up your ass, they'll come out your fucking mouth. You got that? My friend. That long ass quote where he said he's going to rip his balls off. Fucking Grissom takes it to another level. It was awesome. And then like we talked about before, he does the. Yeah, he pounds himself in the chest. Like Jordan Belfort. We never we never see it bruise or anything. mm -hmm. But like, yeah, he he convinces Nicole that her dad actually. But that shot of him just staring as he's driving away and he's just pounding his chest for that whole dialogue too. he stares at Steven's mouth, which is I I was like, why is he just not even looking at his eyes? Just looking at his mouth. Yeah. Hey, Gil, I keep calling him Gil. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I love John CSI. Okay, so I I don't think we should talk. I don't know if you have any other best scenes. I don't think we should spend too much time because we kind of have a special pool check for you today. So Without any more hesitation, Jim, why don't you go ahead and let him know? Pull check! Or, hey, pull check. Okay, so we covered 1996 music videos in season one in our After Hours special, which coincided with our Twister watch along. So this time, I thought we would do something different. On social media, we asked all of you for what you thought the greatest television theme song was. We got a ton of responses. Now, we appreciate the feedback and we appreciate everyone chiming in. But we want to clarify, we asked for your greatest television theme song. We will be doing our favorite Mm -hmm. television theme song. So I think we're going to discuss a lot of them. Uh, Yeah, we're not really going to rank these per se. It's going to be more of a discussion. We'll go through five of each and then we're going to talk about some others. There's just so many. This is impossible. It's so difficult. So I went first last time. Okay, so I will go first and I will say one that no one mentioned in all of the DMs and comments and texts and people reaching out. No one said Baywatch. I, I fuck. I don't have that on my list either. Exactly. It it a great theme song like that we all thought was David Hasselhoff. Yeah, and it's not we Hasselhoff. All thought it was Hasselhoff, and it's got that at the beginning, <sighs> and then it just you got the slow motion. Footage. Yeah, it's darkness. great. I loved it. I never really watched Baywatch. Like oh, when I, I should have watched. I Baywatch. analyzed. Yes, but I did. 
Remember that theme song. And again, our favorites, not necessarily the best, but a good one. Okay. I also have one that nobody brought up. It is a great animated show. It was on Fox Kids. The X-Men animated series song. I did get a response for that one. Did you get one? I didn't see it. Yeah. Once you hear it, it's like in your head all day. Uh, When you think of animated shows, that's one of them. I got got a couple more on my list. You see the Sentinels and you see Storm rising up. It's so damn good. It was such a great show. And then they re-released all the figures again. I'm half tempted. I don't know. But yeah, X-Men, the animated series, Fox Kids. Oof. My number four is another one. No oh, one I should be numbering these. No one mentioned. This is Jeopardy. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. iconic. It's been around for what, 40 years or something. 82. And it has changed some. They've re-released it a couple times in different versions, but everybody like the theme song has been a constant. Yes. When you you know, when you're waiting, it's like almost like you just hear that Jeopardy music. Like you're waiting at the DMV, you hear the Jeopardy music. When I did the audio for the in-game at the Mahoney Valley Scrappers, whenever there would be an opposing team pitcher meeting, I queue up the Jeopardy theme yep. all the time. Yes. It's perfect for that. It's it is an iconic television theme song. Okay, I'm going I'm gonna go with a person connection one here at number four it's going to be the american gladiators theme song now this holds a lot of weight for me when it comes to the formation of my family just because before my parents ended up getting married when they were dating i would go over to my dad's house now and watch we'd be there till like one or two in the morning i'd fall asleep but i'd always fall asleep to american gladiators and i would always hear the American Gladiators theme song. That's a great one. I, and I just got into watching the UK Gladiators, which their theme song is even better. Well, but plus, it holds a special place. Plus, all the place. events had theme songs. Plus, oh, every event in the, the English one had a theme song, which was fantastic. But the American Gladiators one holds a special place in my heart. So that's why I got it there at number four. My number three was The Wonder Years. Oh, uh, Joe Cocker. Joe Cocker doing a Beatles cover. And it it, per, it looks like a whole movie. It's got footage of all the characters. And you got this Joe Cocker cover. And it just, it like, so perfectly sets the tone for the show you're going to watch. I mean, it, it like, it's this like, you know, like warm feeling hearing that song and seeing that footage. Like It was very quintessential Tuesday night ABC. Yes. Yeah. So that's not much to say about it because I we want to get into a lot of these. Yeah, we're going to go over a ton. We're not just the ones we're numbering. So number three for me is going to be a request one that I totally forgot about. My buddy Rob Leonard, who I graduated with from Howland, came up with this one. I can't believe I forgot it. Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? Where in the fuck is <laughs> Carmen Sandiego was an amazing educational show. I learned I learned. What was, all my geography. What was the, the group that sang that? It was Rockapella. I saw Rockapella live. That they did. So I, I didn't mean to. Yeah. I was at. You just show what you just walked in the mall and like, oh, they work at Woolworths yeah. too. So <laughs> they no, I was competition for school and they had done a bunch of special, you know, little little things for the the people participating. And in the hotel I was staying, they happened to be there. So. Were they just the annoying assholes that walked me like? Yes. 
That's pretty much. I need some extra towels for my bathroom. Boom, boom, boom. Pretty much what their entire concert was. Yeah, that was my number three, though. Thanks, Rob. Shout out to you, my friend. My number two, Fresh Prince Bel Air. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, how you can hear it under it's me. It's iconic. How do you. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. It's Will Smith, the Fresh Prince, rapping the theme. Everyone probably knows every word. It's, yeah, there's not. There's you know not. what's great, though? If you do that for karaoke, but the karaoke guy puts the full length yeah. version of the song, yeah. I did it once not expecting the full of that version. All of a sudden, I'm getting ready to do the final stanza, and everybody's like, what the fuck is this? Like, well, so speaking of final a, final stanza, there is a song I'm guessing you'll pick with either two or one. I'd be surprised if you don't, but if if you don't, there is a song that has an extra stanza that makes it weird. I think I know what you're talking about. Okay. Well, it is. It's your number two. Okay. That's so. uh, all right. We're up to number two. Oh, God. I don't know how to narrow this down. Okay. So at number two, I'm picking another show from my childhood, The Fall Guy with Lee Majors. It was the, uh, the song is called The Unknown Stuntman. It is performed by Lee Majors. Why did I love this show? This might tie into my number one. This is going to be a tight because it involves an automobile. That damn stunt truck, I thought was it, it incredible. It, it didn't talk. It didn't do anything special. But it was the truck of the stunt man. And that song, I remember just singing along. It's you know you'd sing along to these songs as a little kid. You don't know the words. The tall building. It was a great song. Fall guy number two. So my number one. I did know the words, too. I didn't have to mumble through them. And when you used to do DJ gigs at bars, you had a German version of this. Oh, my God. Life is like a hurricane here in Duckburg. It's DuckTales, <laughs> my number one theme song. Yes, it's, we did have a it's German like version. When you hear this song, again, it's just in your head all day long. It's fantastic. It's, you know, the woo-woo part. Everything about the DuckTales theme is just super catchy, and that's my number one. So this is going to be rough for me, because I kind of have a dead heat for my number one. <sighs> Screw it. My number one is Knight Rider. <laughs> no lyrics needed, but if you you just do that, people know that's Knight Rider. Yeah. I think that has been made, it's been sampled from tons of songs. I know Busta Rhymes sampled that. You can hear it in Can't Hardly Wait, which you might cover later. Now, the person who suggested this to me, I responded and told them the theme song is better than the show. You know, I started rewatching a little bit of it. Doesn't hold up that well. No, theme song is better than the show. Yeah. So with that said, that's our top five favorites. Obviously, there's a lot we want to get to, so we're going to do that. Now, I did say extra stanza. Cheers. All those nights when you've got no lights, the check is in the mail. And your little angel hung the cat up by its tail. And your third fiance didn't show. That's that's what I was going back and forth. Yeah, with my number I figured one. you'd pick Cheers. We've talked about it uh, yeah. somewhat recently, but Cheers has an extra stanza that makes the song a little weird. It, yeah, I knew where you were going. So with it. that was my that that's the one I mentioned. Miami Vice around the same time as Jan Hammer. Yeah, I also have Muppet Babies yes. for an animated show. Double Dare. Okay. A Team. Yeah. I also have the Incredible Hulk on there too. I had uh, Married with Children. That's a great Sinatra. one. X Files is fan. Like if you're an X Files fan, which I am, that theme is fantastic. 
Greatest American Hero. Oh, that's a great Believe one. Believe it or not, that's I'm walking on yeah. air. Happy Days. Oh. Mash. Rockford Files. Right. <laughs> <laughs> which 70, I never heard until you played it for me. Fantastic. You know what's amazing about older TV shows? They were allotted at least two or two and a half minutes yes. for opening yep. credit songs. Nowadays, you can't do it because it, no, it jumps no, into the 30 show. 30-minute show sucks. is 22 minutes because two four-minute commercial breaks. Like Lost. So, One of our yeah. favorite shows of all time yeah. is just... Yep. That's it. Lost. Just I, have a, I have a couple more. We covered Star Trek last week, so... Any Star Trek TV show theme song I love. Oh, I still have a bunch, but yeah. I said the theme song to Star Trek Enterprise, I'd love to be my first song at my wedding, even though that song got a lot of shit for being the opening credit song. I also thought of, uh, do, 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 do you have the guts? Guts. Uh, that was another great one. Oh, I have. So Hawaii Five-0. Oh, Hawaii Five-0 is such yes. an iconic television theme that now I actually think of it more as like high school marching bands playing yep. it because it's taken on a whole new life because it's that popular. Beverly Hills 90210. Oh, dude. How the hell did we not have that on our list? Yeah. Frasier. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. One you like, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Oh! Go, go, Power Rangers! I forgot about some of these. Yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, God. A one that I had a hard time leaving off of my top five. All that. See, I never watched it. Performed by TLC. And it's yeah. as good as any TLC song. Well, maybe not, but... Speaking of Nickelodeon shows, Hey Dude, oh, Salute Your Shorts, Camp on a Wanna. I have one that I, I would have picked, but I didn't pick it because I was certain that you would pick it. I don't want to wait. Dawson's fucking Creek. I forgot about it. How? Ah, how that should have been your number that one. That was part of my my college experience because I used to have a gap between class. I would watch two episodes a day. Yeah, Damn Dawson's it. Creek, and you didn't pick it. Oh, uh, I don't even have it on my list. Sopranos, The Simpsons, Game of Thrones, Scrubs is a good one. Except like in I think it's season five, one season of Scrubs, they slow down. It's a real song that they used as a theme, which is same with like Dawson's Creek. And One Tree Hill does the same thing. They used a Gavin DeGraw song, but like, I don't know if they were just bored, but Scrubs had the same theme song. And then it's like, I think it was like season five. They're like, let's take the same theme song, but like, let's chop it and screw yep. it. And then they went back to like the speaking of WB show Smallville for me. That's another one that sticks out. ER. Yeah. ER is a good. That's one. a great one. Speaking of medical Doogie Hauser. Oh my God. We've talked. We've played Doogie uh, Hauser before. I do like uh, Weeds. Weeds is really Weeds good. did the uh, Little Boxes song, and every episode, a different artist would mm -hmm. perform that song. I really like like the Regina Spector one, and there's a Death Cab for Cutie one. The West Wing for me, because that's my favorite television show of all time. Welcome back, Cotter. Oh, oh, shit. I just uh, something. Golden Girls. Oh, yeah. Golden Girls is such... Thank you for being a friend. A, such... A a very annoying one could be All in the Family with Archie yeah. and Edith singing yes. along. How about, speaking of singing characters, how about Growing Pains? Oh, my God. Alan Thicke. Which Alan Thicke did not sing that song, right? I thought he did. I don't know. But I do know that he wrote a bunch of other themes. Facts of Life. That's right. He wrote that's, the Facts of Life theme. That's another great one. Full House. Family Matters. Perfect Strangers. Oh, my God. Green Acres. Perry Mason's a good one. How did I forget we had about Mystery Science these. Theater. That was a good theme. <sighs> yeah, there's there's a lot. I mean, we could literally go on for like another we hour. We literally could do a... If we got into like the cartoons, like, like Doug. Did Doug. we talk about Animaniacs? No, Animaniacs, Tiny Toons. Oh, yep. Like a lot those of those. Those two are very synonymous yeah. with one another. 
Yeah, there so are so many good ones. There are a lot. You know, there, there's other ones too. Like like the wire is a little. I don't count it because like True Detective, they like change the entrance theme every season. Dexter's was good. Dexter is a good oh, one. Sequest. No. Oh, I don't even know off. what the the theme to Sequest is. It kind of so. sounds like Jurassic Park on but a yeah, I feel a little bad leaving off Growing Pains and. I can't believe you didn't pick Dawson's Creek. And I forgot about when you Dawson's didn't. Creek. I should have pulled an audible. Damn it. But Dawson's Creek for sure. Yeah. So that's that's a lot of them. If there's any we missed, I think oh, between God. your suggestions and your feedback and us talking about chips it, that popped chips. into my head. Yeah, there's yeah, I, th- I think we covered our bases on. Yeah, we did. OK, with that said, it is getting colder here. Yeah, it's getting chilly. We're heading into fall. But still a little bit of time left, so why don't you go ahead and let them know. The leaves have been cleared, everybody. Everybody back in the pool! This movie, Fear, was reviewed positively, I think. I th- was this reviewed positively? <laughs> I think. I guess. I don't, I, let me look. Keep talking. I don't know if it was. I think it was reviewed positively, but it did kind of pick up. 46 approval rating on Rotten okay, Tomatoes. Okay, so maybe not that great. I, I thought it was like all right. I mean, it did all right in box office, but I thought it was all right at the time. But it did launch kind of Mark Wahlberg's career. Excuse me, it's Laura, right? Hi, I'm, I'm David. I, I don't want to interfere or anything, but if so happens I work summers in the nursery. I'd be more than happy to give you a hand. What would you say? I'm going to take Boogie Nights off the table because it's the right answer. What is the best Mark Wahlberg acting performance? The happening where he talks to the tree. <laughs> I mean, this, he he's not good. I'm trying to think, I'm looking. I'm gonna. Well, I, I that's you know, I kind of I would say he's not good except for he did Boogie Nights, and maybe it's just because the character aligns so well with his skill set, which that performance was supposed to be Leonardo DiCaprio. So think about Boogie Nights with Leo. Say what you want. I really liked him in Rockstar. <laughs> Rockstar is awful. I loved Rockstar. I like where he flips off the speaker stack though and almost brains himself uh, i totally forgot he was also in one of the transformers movies which is weird yeah three kings he's excellent in three kings okay well you get a, a feel for the type of movie he does he's done a lot of like, a lot of cop stuff too. family comedies in the last couple of years with that said let's get into logic <laughs> like yeah there's a ton how does david have friends i guess just because he's a scumbag they're scumbags they run a scumbag drug operation we're, are we assuming when it comes to Margot, because, you know, she's the rebel friend. Yeah. Are we assuming she's already dabbling in drugs before she meets Creep no. Dude? I don't know. I don't know. She is a little edgy because she... She wears black lipstick. She didn't have to be talked into liking that guy. Which is weird because she walks right into that bar. You know, she lights up a cigarette. Granted, this is 96, so it's a different time. But she eyes the ugly biker guy. Yeah. And let's be honest. Alyssa Milano damn yeah 16 16 year old Alyssa milano like goes for i mean Wahlberg's 20 or david's 20 in this movie so i don't know how old that friend is he looks 30 he, he's had a rough life but she yeah she's drawn to this dude which is actually kind of what leads nicole she started david. all this shit it's all Alyssa yeah. milano's it's all fault. your fault i have the nicole forever tattoo so <laughs> david gives himself a tattoo the, on his chest it's just like crooked and sideways carved and it's he carves it into his chest then he breaks open a pen gets all the ink in his hand and then rubs the ink into like the scratches and it works and then just showers it right off now my logic with that is 
He has a house full of degenerates. He lives with a bunch of drug dealers and stuff. One of them has a tattoo machine for sure. <laughs> it's, it you came a, with the house. You have a house like that. It's going to have a tattoo machine. Somebody could have given him an improved Nicole Forever tattoo. I also don't understand. We brought it up earlier. Why the hell do they have a, a security guard? Yeah. Well, he's an architect. I he's mean, not that, that's a huge logic point is that, yeah, he's an architect. He doesn't really need. They live on like a peninsula, too. Yeah. Which, so nobody can get to that house. So and, and obviously he's a shitty security guard. Very because shitty. They show up. David and his gang show up and the security guard doesn't know they're there. First off, if I have the means to a have a house like that, if I'm going to hire a security guard, I want a ripped big ass son yeah, of a bitch. Yeah. Not some schlubby fat no, this dude is named a re- Larry. This is a retired cop. Probably. Oh, big time retired so cop. So who just does, but obviously he's terrible at his job because one, they never mention him. You never see him before that scene. Nope. Two, five dudes just showed up trying to break into the house and he doesn't know they're there. So like, what is his function? I mean, if he didn't die, he's getting fired, obviously. Also, how much shit did David take when he when Nicole gave him the code to get into the house when they made sex the first time? How much shit did he take to necessitate putting his head on all these family photos? And that was my next. That's my next logic. <laughs> what point. the hell? Who does David's Photoshop for him? <laughs> it's horrible. So when Steven breaks into David's house, he goes in David's bedroom. What he finds is yep. David's bedroom. And he has this big Nicole Photoshop portrait above his mantle. He has in this wooden box, he has their family portrait, except for David has replaced Steven with himself in the family portrait. Who's doing this Photoshop? It doesn't look like he just cut pictures of himself out. And On top them. of the fact that he has almost a Chucky doll. Yeah. He has her underwear, the necklace he stole. Yeah, I don't. He probably has the ticket stub to that roller coaster. <laughs> I don't know. Who, yeah, who does this Photoshop for David? It's crazy. Also, granted, the cops break up the giant rave at the beginning. Yeah. Don't you think before they would even have to break it up, there would be an obvious indication that something bad or big is happening, that there are literally a thousand teenagers, yes. and I use that term loosely, in a rave situation. Yeah, there is like legit wall to wall, like warehouse thousand kids full. And when I think a fight breaks out, so I don't know if it's assumed that the cops are coming or the cops are there. I don't remember. But a lot of these kids, Nicole and David included, run up to the roof of the building. <laughs> hey, the cops are coming. Let's go to the roof. Hey, Nicole, let's go to the roof. They only have helicopters. It's so weird. And then, yeah, the helicopters like shining their light down on Nicole. And Nicole can climb down a fire exit. Why do that? But David tells her, jump hey nicole jump i'll catch you and he does but why does she jump she, she just, jumped three rungs yeah, it's not like just, she jumped two stories and he so caught her a weird weird logic thing um go ahead if you no, it, her best friend gary yeah i don't okay he knows shit's up with david he doesn't really assert himself much until he does show up in the cafeteria, which well, nobody fucking watches the doors. No. And, you know, that should have been that's like a missed opportunity in the script is they could have and maybe there's deleted scenes, but Gary should have been the nice guy who likes Nicole and she rejects his advances or something like. Don't you think that would be the obvious, you know, ducky? Yeah. Pretty in pink yes. trope. Yes. They he, didn't use it. No, he's just there as fodder to get his ass kicked and get killed. Do you think there could have been a version 
of the script in which it was written that and we've seen this in movies before the best friend he really loves her but the best friend never acknowledged it until the very end and go wow i should have seen that yeah i wonder if there was a cut of that it, it just he doesn't need to be there no because he's an unnecessary I mean, like best said, friend he just needed to be there even Margot's a fucking waste. As a device. Yeah. Margot. Yeah. The, everything in this movie is just like formulaic written as devices. Who tells your little brother, hey, I can't wait to bang you when you get older. Weird. So speaking of devices and how this movie is written, the dad is not likable. He's a scumbag. So I think when the movie opens, Nicole meets David. He's very sweet. She tells him he's sweet. You hear him tell Nicole a little bit about himself. She tells him about her. Before he goes full-blown psycho, the dad doesn't want David. Like, he's he's really reluctant to have David around his daughter. I mean, I could, I well, get it. Well, he does the dad thing like, hey, what are, uh, what are you up to, David? Did you Are you at Nicole's school? Yeah. Or he said and, he's going to go to UW. Yeah. And I think what really raises his eyebrows is David tells Nicole to get him a Coke. Nicole. Yeah? Get me a Coke. That's it. Like, hey, Nicole, give me a Coke. Nicole, get me a Coke. And as soon as he does that, the, <laughs> the dad, yeah, the dad, like, perks up and is like, who tells my daughter? Give me a sake. As Margot comes into his architectural room as he's designing something on his Packard Bell, wearing the shortest skirt possible, bends right the hell over and catches him staring at her ass, which I'm thinking Margot wants to bang her dad. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, David, with a shit-eating grin, loving every moment of it, Grissom literally tells David, it's midnight is midnight, not 12.05. He takes the clock, the dial clock, manual clock, and just winds it back six hours like Mr. Walker isn't supposed to look outside and go, wow, I can't believe it's still 9 a.m. And that's such a weird lost opportunity, too, because Mr. Walker catches it at, like, (laughs) 7 o'clock. So what's the, like, it's not like... It's not like he was working at 1 a.m. and realized his daughter should have been home. Yeah. But it's like, no, he catches it. He's on a phone call, and they're like, Seven, it's 7.05. And he looks at his clock, and he's like, what? So he knows that David turned it back, but it's, it's weird. But anyway, the point I was making is, you know, as, as a viewer, you're kind of supposed to pick sides. Yeah. So you start realizing, you know, something's amiss with David. He's abusive. He's possessive. He's crazy. And that you should be latching on to Steven as the hero, but it doesn't feel like that. Look, Dad, this may come as a big shock to you, but every move I make does not have to do with you. Turns out I'm living my own life. Not yet you're not. As long as you're living in my house, you'll follow my rules. That means when you want to go out, I want to know where you're going and with who, and if I don't like it, you're not going. Don't be ridiculous, Dad. I'm not kidding, Nicole. This is going to stop. What? Why don't you just say it? This is all about David. There's something wrong with But him. your problem with David, not He's mine. He's not a good guy. Look, Dad, David and I had a disagreement. Maybe we'll get past it. Maybe we won't. But no matter what happens, it'll be between us. It just doesn't have anything to do with you. Well, we learn from David via Nicole that Mr. Walker wasn't there for her when she needed him the yes, most. Right. And he wants to be that person that she can always go well, to. Do they talk about her mom? I mean, it probably happens on that. Might have, but he was mumbling. I couldn't yeah, hear it. So I don't know if they talk about her mom, but there's another opportunity. I mean, most of these movies, 
you know, maybe she has some some conflict with the stepmom. All we know is that her dad and her mom got divorced when she was nine and she came to live with him. Yes. So the family dynamic seems fine because she's fine with her stepmom, fine with her stepbrother. Kind of fine with her stepmom. I don't think her and her... This is the one thing about... At the beginning, we see there's a... I think, to me anyways, there's a disconnect between her and the stepmom, which I think is a natural... And she's trying to be the cool stepmom, which drives me nuts when she finds the black eye and she's like, oh, it was in school. She has to know. Yeah, she does. But the mom looks, the stepmom looks like she's there to defend Nicole a bit. She she tries to shelter her from the dad because he... Which goes back to your premises. You're supposed to be likable to the dad. Yeah. Yeah, but you don't. Like, even by the end, I, I don't really care for the dad i mean superhuman strength i yeah (laughs) and there that's my final logic point nicole stabs david in the back with his peace pipe he still fights steven steven grabs him by like the pants in the back of the shirt and throws him out of the window (laughs) except he doesn't just drop like a brick he throws him incredible grissom yes it's so bad that it kind of overshadows the rest of the movie because the rest of the movie is ridiculous but all based in realism to me it seemed like he threw him like 15 yards more than that or like 20 or 25 yards there's this large rock outside of their house that's like on you know the ocean and he clears basically like their entire property. Almost all of the rock face. Yes. And lands. He does a full flip and lands flat on this rock. It is. It's it's so slapstick. It's the whole movie's based in realism. And then you've got this just ridiculous cartoon slapstick. It's like in a comedy movie when somebody gets thrown out of a bar. It's like a movie we're going to be covering this season. Class act. You know, they, somebody gets thrown. It's, that's what this is. It's crazy even before he throws him six miles out the window there is one obvious trope that always gets into good guy versus bad guy fight the bad guy always gets the upper hand on the good guy but lightly but then he walks away and dismisses him like he's done yeah and then the good guy always comes he just casually put the cabinet on i'm like he's done i'm gonna go back to nicole no he's not done that always drives me nuts in every damn movie (laughs) they do that okay so i I don't have anything else to say with logic what is the legacy of this movie well this movie was heavily requested for us to do it's i mean we've done movies in the past in which we have all said there's the the one or one or two iconic scenes in this one it's the the roller coaster finger joy and then the peephole shot. Silencia! <laughs> how did you ever I, think I you said Silencia? I was, I was like, ele- I went, let me up. in the fucking house to Silencia. I was like 11 and I just am getting jacked on <laughs> Bush in the trailer. <laughs> and I, he says, so let me in the fucking house. But obviously he didn't say that in the trailer. It sounded like you just said celeb me in the fucking house. Like I'm a celebrity. Let me. Yeah. In. I'm a celebrity. Hey, so let me in the house. Uh, so he's, I think he says, so let me in the fucking house. Yeah. What? is edited obviously for the trailer and maybe we should watch the trailer after this like the edited for television cut he's like silencia <laughs> he, he truly says silencia and i am redeemed so are they just supposed to be quiet like silencia yeah well maybe that's the director's orders because everybody in this movie very quiet oh my god 
it's a great movie. Yeah, not. I would I, say the legacy is like the roller coaster scene because I'd never seen that before in a movie, and I don't know. I don't I've think it's it ever since. happened again. Yeah, so it's it's an iconic scene. I like cinema. the fact is we were watching that scene. You logically went through the physical possibility of how is that done on well, a roller coaster? Yeah, with the restraint. Like you sat there and literally cupped your wrist to see how the hell can I pull this yeah, off? If you'd it's have possible. to go over the haunt, like over. I mean, you could. I don't think you could do that. I mean, it'd be a little weird on like Batman Night Flight. <laughs> you're like you're flipping upside down. All of a sudden, stuff. you're hearing the Millennium Force the station. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you could do it on Millennium Force because you got that huge lift hill. Wouldn't it be something if, say, anybody? Okay, I'm. Gonna, I saw this. I'm going to try with my, you know my girlfriend, and you don't realize where the photo yeah, part is, is and, exactly and all of a sudden, boom! I just wait for the seat. Wait for the girl to reciprocate. That's where I want the photo. <laughs> I just keep like I told you, and I've said. Imagine being the guy having to sit down after that, going, "What the hell is this? Yeah, what is this?" Also, she's wearing a skirt. To a theme park. First of all, I would not let my 16-year-old daughter leave the house dressed like that. That sure as hell not happening. Well, you're sounding like Steven. I know. Okay, so not much legacy. I mean, it's early Reese Witherspoon, early Mark Wahlberg. I, I mean, that's kind of the legacy. Just if you want to see them before they really hit their stride, Reese Witherspoon won an Oscar. Wahlberg didn't. Uh, <laughs> For this role, he should have. Yeah, he just did some time. Be like, oh, I think we're going to give Marky, Mark, Marky, what, Marky, Mark an Oscar? Yeah, let me just double check if anything's wrong with him in the past. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Yeah. We're going to skip that Oscar. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, it didn't have to be like this. You know, he, he was saying bad things back to me. Well, it's funny because, you know, speaking of that, and this is neither here nor there, in Clueless, you know, Josh is telling Cher about getting a celebrity to help plant a tree. And he says, we're thinking about getting Marky Mark. And she said something like, I'm sure Marky Mark takes time out of his busy pants dropping schedule or whatever. They would not want that version of 1995 Marky Mark. This is three years after the racial shit. Three years after the hate crimes. Yeah. And he's going to plant a tree in the name of what piece? I don't know. It's just weird. I love being here in Beverly Hills. I've been hired. You sound like Damone from Fast Times. If they ever redid Fast Times original high, which we will cover. Why not cast Marky Mark as Damone? Because <laughs> he's 45. Hey, I don't know. He's older than hey, that. Hey, isn't this place great? <laughs> Earth, wind, and fire. Okay, I, that's probably... You know what's also great about this movie? This movie made me discover the band Bush. This did? You didn't this know Bush from MTV? No, no, not, not really, but I remember buying 16 Stone after watching this movie, and it's probably my favorite album of all time. Yeah, this movie has two or three songs that just get Machine played Head over Come and Down. Over. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then uh, uh, Wild Horses cover gets played a couple times. Every, if we go, when we go, when things normalize, when we get to the post-COVID world, when we go to Cedar Point now, every time we go on a roller coaster, I'm going to hear that damn song in my head. And I swear to God, <laughs> don't put your hand near no, my groin. No, we do have some good pictures on roller coaster, but we have neither, one, neither one involves our genitalia. Yeah. Okay, let's go ahead and wrap this sucker up. Once again, pool sceners, thank you for checking out the pod this week. Remember, if you want to know what's going on, any updates, any exciting things coming around the corner, check us out on Facebook and Instagram at pool scene podcast also at pool scene pod on the twitter also if you want to drop us a line send us an email 
at poolscenepodcast at gmail.com. Any movie ideas. We have some amazing movies coming up. If there's a movie you want us to cover, let us know. You're on the journey with us. And now back to Kevin. All right. So we're not going to say what we're doing next week, but it is one we are very excited about. I am. I can say this. We need a... A nice cleanse from this we type do. of movie because this yeah. movie we forgot how intense this uh, movie little, is. A little scummy, little skeezy. God. Yeah. So we're gonna have some levity for you next week. Yeah, everybody. something a little bit more lighthearted. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So until then, I thank you for joining us, and we will you'll hear from us next week. All right, catch you later, pool sceners. Bye bye. Have a good one, guys. <laughs> <laughs>